And welcome in to the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. What a weekend for Tennessee basketball. What a weekend for NFL football and what an evening it is going to be tonight in the national championship game between Washington and the Michigan Wolverines. This is a team that I had relied heavily on throughout the year. A team that I had placed a bet on back in the summer, Brett, about who's going to win the national championship. And everything just pointed all signs to Michigan, and then we find out why all signs, no pun intended, were pointing towards Michigan. And it's because, I mean, they really were the best team in college football all year. Regardless of whether they cheated or not, regardless of whether or not they're going to get to keep this national championship, Michigan's probably going to be your national champion tonight. Of course, Tennessee picking up a win on Saturday evening in dominating fashion against the Ole Miss Rebels, a team that was undefeated 13-0 coming into Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center, in which two players got to double-doubles. Jonas Adu, 24-10. Zakai Ziegler, 17 points, 10 assists. Vescovy with 11 points. Shooting the ball at a 47.2% clip from the field to Ole Miss's 42.6. Tennessee also shot the ball 72 times as opposed to Ole Miss 54. Tennessee out-rebounded them 47-24. to We were dishing the ball around a little bit better. 25 assists to their 11. What a weekend for sports. What a weekend. And it's only going to get even better as time goes on and everything we got coming up in the spring. Brett Hollander, how are you, sir? It's weird. I got to sleep in a little bit. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy the 7 o'clock getting up, getting my day started, talking sports right off the bat. Um, but what, it's is, nice to, what is sleep? You're right. <laughs> uh, I'm coming off a of vacation, so I'm feeling a little refreshed, uh, ready to go for the new year and all that. Um, but, yeah, sleep's a little overrated, I would say. I mean, I've got my eternal alarm clock still set for you know, 5.36 o'clock, right. so I'm up, ready to go. You know, I'm daughter was excited, can take her to school now in the morning. So right. get that and uh, get down here and prepare for the 10 o'clock show with you and Marcus. Absolutely. So looking forward to it. Marcus, your Titans. What a win yesterday. What a performance. I was actually in attendance for that. Yeah. Uh, also, it's weird for me because I'm having to get up earlier. So you and I have switched. Um, yeah. This is, <laughs> I don't know what curse that we put on ourselves to have to switch times, but, that you know, that's morning it's weird seeing how early things get um yeah it was it was also vintage mike rabel titans game uh derrick henry looked really good and potentially his last game as a tennessee titan um we had a hopkins getting his incentives getting the touchdown a few receptions um and we pulled out the win at the end against jacksonville and for me despite people uh wanting to say my fandom there is nothing better than ruining Jacksonville's hopes and dreams <laughs> and them having to be seeing all the retweets and the quote tweets of Jacksonville saying their playoff tickets are on sale that they're going to have to now refund. There's mm. no, there's nothing better than that. Mm. So, uh, no, it was a good win. You missed out on the top five pick, but you know what? Seventh isn't bad either. You're still going to get a good player. Um, mm -hmm. Good to see. Uh, the two-tone blue and my favorite combo that they have, the yes. dark blue with the white pants, love it. Love seeing that. Absolutely. And it was funny, yesterday, down at the Assembly Food Hall down in Nashville, I'm going around, you know, 
they say the doors open at 9, but none of the restaurants open until 10.30, so it's like, okay, well, we're disappointed we're leaving. And then you have Jags fans walking in, and normally it's like, okay, if you see a small group, it's like maybe you should give them the courtesy of telling them, hey, you know, nothing's open yet. No, these people immediately were like, enjoy the funeral today. Enjoy that funeral. And we did not say a word, and we just walked on out and made our way down to Nissan Stadium. And seeing the speech that Derrick Henry gave after the game, all signs point to him leaving. They just don't have the cap space to keep him around. They do, but they don't want to spend it because, as we all know, running backs have a very short shelf life. Unfortunately for him, he's going to have to go play somewhere else. That's what it's leaning towards, and it's unfortunate for Titans fans, but it is what it is. Ryan Tannehill was going to make sure that DeAndre Hopkins got his incentive yesterday. He even said he was going to go rogue if he had to, to get him that, saying, quote, I'm out of town anyway. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of quarterbacks in the NFL that have gone rogue during yeah. week 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think that was good for DeAndre because, you know, I, like I think many others, probably assumed it was going to be a similar older veteran wide receiver situation the Titans have had. You go back all the way to Randy Moss, uh, Julio Jones, uh, Andre Johnson – that they were just going to come in and not really be the person that they were. And and it took a bit, took a few weeks before Hopkins showed that he is still the Hopkins that he is. And it was just good for him to hit those incentives. I believe, I'll have to double check this, I think he either signed a one or two year deal. So it wouldn't shock me if it was a one year deal that they're going to try to bring him back. If it's two years, great, because I think he could produce next year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just one of those guys, man. Like He's like... Megatron, he's Calvin Johnson. You throw it his way, there is a high percentage chance he's coming down with it over whoever's guarding him. Absolutely, he was uh, impressive. He never, you never hear from much. You know, you don't. He could have easily probably complained a lot about, as we do with quarterback play. But Titans got this right. year. He was still able to put up some numbers, and but he's had kind of deal with that his whole career, except for those couple of years with Watson. Yeah, you know, he's always had those tough quarterbacks. He probably deserved a bigger incentive for all the catches he did make for some of these guys. And he probably did. I mean, that's the thing is when you look at the Titans quarterback situation right now, you know, obviously they're going to put a lot of stock into Will Levis. And not a lot of people are happy about that. And, you know, when you're in a state like Tennessee, if you're playing for the Tennessee Titans, who takes precedent? Titans or the Vols? It's the Vols. Mm -hmm. And when you take a shot at the Vols fan base and say, those of you that don't like me just because you're a Vols fan – Stay on that hill. That is not a good way to win over your fan base. Not at all. Marcus, you have been on the anti-Will Levis train since it started. I'm right there with you. Don't don't worry. I'm right there with you. I would like to reiterate, as I have many times, it has nothing to do with my Vol fandom. Uh, It has everything to do with how I feel he is as a quarterback. Well, not to mention he's just an arrogant person. (laughs) That's the problem is he's an arrogant person. And, I mean, is he a good quarterback? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, when you display such arrogance and you start to alienate a portion of your fan base, it's not going to end well. It's it's definitely going to make things harder. I, I do think that you have to separate sometimes the NFL from college. I mean that not only as fans but also as players. Right. They're always going to have – I think – 
I'm sure there are certain like defenders whenever they play a guy that they used to play in college in the same conference, same division, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have those memories. Are like, you really made my life. <laughs> awful in college and I'm going to take advantage of this now so I'm sure there are still those moments but you know I think I think both for Will Levis and I think for fans you got to separate college and NFL and and, you know I know most people are not going to believe me when I say that but it is true I, I just I think in my mind my the train that I'm leading down the track of Will Levis is not the guy is more or less he had one good year in Kentucky I don't really think that he's – to me, he's above average at best. And especially with the offensive line that the Titans have, right? the lack of options that he has besides D-Hop, you're not going to produce that same type of year that he had his junior year of college. right? And so I think it's going to be really interesting what the Titans do to try to – because they're going to go with him next year. They're gonna, this, is, this is going to be his team next year from the get-go – and you're going to find out, are they going to bolster that offensive line that they failed to do during the offseason this last year? Dillard should be out the door if he's if he's not already. Right. Um, you don't have a true number two option. Burks does not feel like the kind of guy that's going to get it done. Oh, but he was the steal of the draft, according to somebody. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, some people. Just saying. Yeah, that was that was rough. So, you know. There's some guys that are in the, uh, both on the offensive line and in the wide receiver room that you're going to see in this draft upcoming that's going to be really interesting at the number seven pick. So um, if they believe he's the guy, you got to build around him, give him the opportunity to prove that he is the guy. And if you can't do that, then uh, then in a couple of years, if not next year, you'll be looking for a new quarterback. Aren't you guys aren't the Titans loaded at cap space? going in next year like did i see they were number one or something they're gonna have a lot of cap space obviously shedding the derrick henry and ryan Tannehill contracts are huge yeah um the Tannehill one's more i feel like important to note than the derrick henry contract because Tannehill, that contract should have never been given out that was a bad mistake by management i get why they did it but you have one good year because Henry come back, could Henry come back on a discount? You think he, you take one? I don't think if he'd come he, back on a hometown he could, discount. If he would take it, I don't think he would though. I mean, he was the second leading rusher in the NFL, which is hard to believe. Yeah. I would have never thought that. Well, Tajay Spears looks good. He does, um, but I don't and, know if he's an every down guy. No, he's no. Not. They're going to need to get another guy, and he, this is the thing I've argued, which is why I, I sometimes get interesting looks. I think during the AJ Brown era, they should have traded Derrick Henry when he had value still. Yeah. Should not have. because I don't like Derrick Henry. Line, yeah. yeah, not that I don't like Derrick Henry. I think he's great and he's he's been an incredible Legend. running back. But mm-hmm. he needs like it's it's so much easier to find a running back in the later rounds or even undrafted like Jacob Warren, I believe, was an undrafted running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers and he is very good. So they're there are ways to find running backs. It's a lot harder to find those star-studded wide receivers. That it is. Well, there's. So. I mean, there's guys that, you know, like Montgomery and uh, Gibbs. I mean, yep. they might turn off one of those guys. Maybe that's a fit for the Titans, like a Montgomery. Like if they think Gibbs is the guy, they mm-hmm. can't pay both. You know, like there's a couple it's, teams that have like one A, one B, like can play every down. Right. You know, type things. And but, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And we're going to talk more. Yeah. Here in a couple minutes with Davey Hudson about that. Before we do, let's get a call. From Larry in Georgia. Larry, what's up, man? Fellas. Larry. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Oh, that's weird for me to say. Um, still. It's, that is so that is so very weird to say to you, Jake. Good morning, because I don't think I've ever 
spoken to you before, like, um, I don't know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) ever, whether it be text on the, whatever. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to hear you guys, Brett. Welcome. Um, good to hear a new voice, Marcus, uh, welcome in with Jake. Good to hear you as well. Appreciate it. Um, I just, I just want to tell you all, it's it's, uh, it's good to hear. I, I'm digging the changes, man. I'm uh, not nothing against anybody who's left or anything else, but but it's always good sometimes to have some some freshness and and some shifting around. And I think it's going to be good for everybody. Um, so I'm I'm excited. Um, I was excited to hear to hear the Barnes interview uh, with the morning show. That was kind of cool. yeah. Rick Barnes is a NASCAR um, guy. Who would have ever guessed that? <laughs> Yeah, I just need him. Uh, I just need him, and it's I like saw on your though. tweet earlier. I, I need him to give up. Uh, I, we've I, I I figured out what's going on with him in March, man. He's a Bubba fan. Give up, <laughs> give up that fandom of Bubba, and you'll start winning in March, brother. I'm telling you, Come it's Bubba just Barnes. like Rogers with pa- with Danica Patrick, and well, anybody with Danica, Danica Patrick. Look at what, <laughs> well, look at what ha- Look, hey, look what's happened with uh, with Travis Kelsey and and uh, Taylor Swift. You know, there's just people that curse people, and, and that's the way it goes, man. And Bubba is that guy. Rick, get somebody else as a favorite driver, and you'll win the Natty. Um, well, it, well, it can't so, cheer for Kyle Busch. I mean, there's two uh, two do- totally different views going on there. So we got to find him. Uh, maybe a Michael McDowell. I like Michael McDowell. There you go. There, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, a uh, couple of things. I think uh, for tonight's game, just to, to jump into that real quick, I think Michigan wins, but then I think they're going to have to vacate. So, you know, I, I think that's, that's just going to be – and I'm going to laugh. Hey, as long as the bet gonna, cashes, that's all I care about. They're, 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 that's know. all I care about. <laughs> um, the You guys were talking about D-Hop a little while ago. I have a lot of experience with D-Hop because I'm, a, I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, mm-hmm. and we had him there for a number of years. And you are, you are correct. He does not – come out and talk a lot um he's not one that's going to gripe and moan he's a lot mm-hmm. like larry fitzgerald was he's just yeah. they, they just it's not that they stay to themselves like they will give interviews and stuff like that but they're just not guys that are going to just they, they get out there and gripe and complain and moan they're, they're going to go do their job and let their play talk um so it's he's he's definitely a good one for the titans um if, if they can hold on to him they definitely need to do that um Last thing that I had, and I'll, I'll hop off of here. I know you guys are up against the break and whatnot. Um, who else do you guys think gets fired? I saw Commander's coach got fired this morning. Yes. Of course, Atlanta's coach got fired uh, like midnight last night. They pulled the plug on him. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about Vrabel and who else you guys think. I will, uh, I will jump off and listen to you on the other side. But, fellas, again, welcome aboard. Um, I can't wait to talk, to talk Big Orange football with you all later on as well. So, as always, go big freaking orange. Appreciate the phone call, Larry. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. Back here on the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. Cruising along with you on a Monday morning here at 1022. Please be joined by Davey Hudson from OutKick. Davey. How are you, sir? Marcus forgot to push the button. Marcus pushed the button. I know. I'm not used to doing the calls anymore. I've been doing talk sports Uh, for so long. I I was just giving an incredible intro and and thanking you guys for letting me uh, join the the first ever G.I. Jake show. I hope you boys are are doing well down in uh, Knoxville. Absolutely. And we got somebody back here, Davey, complaining 
about having to get up in the morning. Davey, tell him what time you had to wake up every morning when you were on three and out. Oh, man, at first, well, whenever I did live on campus, it was a little bit easier. Once I moved away, we were probably waking up at about 5.30 every morning just to, to get up. So, yeah, it's I, I don't miss that component. I'm not going to lie on that. <laughs> it is what it is. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Davey, Rick Barnes, the Tennessee Vols, big win, almost a statement win this past weekend. You got 13-0 and Ole Miss that came into town. And you just absolutely walked the dog on them. Jemai Meshack hitting two clutch threes to end the first half and then just run away with it, outscoring Ole Miss 50-33 to in the second half. Two players getting a double-double. What were your initial thoughts You know, after the game? I know there were some festivities this weekend that uh, I may or may not have missed, but um, <laughs> let's go through that. How do you think that Rick Barnes and his team – like just able to construct that because one of the things that we harped on all last year were scoring droughts with this team. And this year, they, they've been there. They have. But now that we're getting into the heat of competition, that was a great start to conference play this past Saturday. Oh, very much so. And it is one of those things I want to preface it by saying, you know, you look at Ole Miss, they were ranked 22nd, but it took them a while before they entered the – the top 25 as an undefeated team. And so, you know, you look at the Kim Palm rankings, they weren't exactly a, a powerhouse. And, but that, that's still, I think, going to ultimately be a good team coached by Chris Beard. But Tennessee just had one of their most dominating performances of the season. You look at it from an all-around standpoint, I, I would say the only thing you were kind of maybe a little concerned with was it, they didn't shoot particularly well from three in the first half. But it was one of those games you could just tell that defense was clamping down. Um, while I was at uh, Houston's wedding, it was funny. I wasn't able to watch uh, the game live there. The, the one portion I did get to see, and you know, the game's well out of hand at this point, but it's there late in the second half. There's maybe three minutes left to go. And Tennessee got four consecutive offensive rebounds and took the clock down each time and then eventually scored off an ADU dunk. And you just look at how – this team's really starting to gel, and, and you really it, – it's weird. I mean, we all kind of thought after the first couple of games this season, it's, this is going to be Dalton Connect's team. He's going to have to be the guy to show up. And over the last several games, we've not really seen him be that alpha mentality – have that alpha mentality we were expecting. I mean, um, you look at it, you had four guys in double figures, and another guy, uh, Tobey, had, had nine. So, really – I mean, Dalton was your your tied with your fifth leading scorer for that one, alongside uh, Josiah Jordan James, who's been the best player on the team this year. But you just look at the the growth from Jonas Adu and being able to play those dominant bigs early in the season. When you're looking at Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, and Armando Baycott at uh, UNC, it, it's really paid off. Plus, we've we've seen Rick after several years be able to get the best out of his big men. And we're seeing Adu develop right in front of us. And the other thing, too, is Zakai is back. I mean, he, he's come back from that ACL in record time, and he's just getting into form. And we're hitting our stride right at the time of conference play starting. And, and there's a good chance, man, that they win. I, I, I think it would be would it be 17-3 and three going into that Kentucky game. Like, that's yeah. a very high probability. It might be, might be 18. Uh, I guess the only question for me is, you mentioned Ziegler playing so well, but he is playing a lot of minutes. 
Um, I know we thought maybe playing too many minutes caused possibly his injury. I know it could have been just a fluke thing, but some have said maybe it was too many minutes on his legs. Um, the backup point guard, um, Ganey's minutes been kind of cut, it seems like. And when he has been trying to run the point, turnovers seem to be an issue for him. So just any thoughts on, you know, how the offense might run if Ziegler gets in foul trouble or, you know, isn't on the court, you know, as much as he is. Uh, just mm-hmm. your thoughts on any of that. No, that, that definitely, Brett, that's something I, I would be worried about. You know, you don't want to see him playing 37 minutes a, right now, and I mean, that's what he ultimately mm-hmm. registered in the uh, stat sheet for, against Ole Miss. I would say that Mayshack is probably who I would go to next. Now, again, mm-hmm. if you're getting pressed, I, I would hope he's better able to he's better able to handle it this season compared to last year. Mm-hmm. But you've at least seen him step up and and be in some bigger roles. But I, I guess if you were to look at this team and be like, all right, what might be their downfall? It very well could be not having a, a true backup point guard. And if God forbid something were to happen to the guy and he's not able to to play, especially come tournament time, uh, that could that could uh, lead to this team going home a lot earlier than a lot of us would hope and expect. Absolutely. Talking with Davey Hudson from Outkick. Davey, your Titans picked up a huge win yesterday, (laughs) knocking the Jags out of the playoff picture completely. Ryan Tannehill even said before the game, or excuse me, after the game, that he thought he might have to go rogue, but he was going to get D-hop, his incentive bonus. Derrick Henry couldn't have asked for a better way to probably end his Titans career. As we all know, he's probably going elsewhere. He's going on to the next chapter in his career. And you see the Jags fans walking around Nashville yesterday. They're about as confident as ever. They think that it is just locked in. They're going to the playoffs. They're going to have no issues whatsoever. And then the Titans come out, and it's like, okay, this is not what I expected because I did not expect the Titans to win yesterday. However, they bring home the dub, knock the Jags out of the playoff. Now they don't get the fifth pick in the draft. They're going to drop to the seventh pick, but still a good chance for them to pick up a solid player and add two, and I guess essentially rebuild at this point the franchise. Yeah, it's that was a typical Mike Vrabel game where you know they're kind of <laughs> counted out, and everything's on the line for Jacksonville. I'll, I'll be completely frank; I didn't see much benefit in winning that game. I was hoping to you know get as high of a draft pick as possible. I understand mm-hmm. that some people would say that's a loser mentality, but if, if you're looking to the future right now, I mean, you need to have a solid left tackle, and I, I think Joe Alt is that guy that is going to be a dominant force for the next decade for whichever team drafts him, and it, it'll be interesting to see, again, the, the way in which this draft's going to shake out. There's still a lot of questions up top about what happens with Chicago. Do they decide to go with Caleb Williams, or do they trade back and stick with Justin Fields there? Uh, a, a lot could happen, but from that game standpoint, I, I know a lot of Titans fans were excited to see Derrick Henry likely go out on top and just have a dominating performance against his hometown Jaguars. And you look at the run that the Titans had had over the last, we'll say, four years. And I know last season Jacksonville was able to knock them out of the playoffs in the final game, and the Titans were able to return the favor uh, yesterday. There's still some questions about what this staff is going to look like as we head into the offseason, what's going to happen with Mike Brable and um, – upper management with the team i'm really curious to see how that goes i don't really have a feel i i, I highly anticipate mike Vrabel's back but it, there's a few other things that, that are happening there you saw the report with tom pelicero of the nfl network saying hey there there are these meetings set up 
And then Diana Rossini comes out and says, I've talked with high-ranking officials with the Titans that says this is not the case. And just a little uh, behind-the-scenes action for you guys. If you ever hear Diana Rossini say anything about the Titans, what she is saying, this is what Mike Rabel told me. So that's it, it's one of those things. I don't know where that relationship stands with, with Rabel. Before yesterday, he had lost 18 of his last 23 games, and a big portion of the, the problems was, was on that roster. And I don't fault Mike Rabel for that. You, you look at how things started to go downhill there late in the John Robinson era. But this is a really good opportunity as the Titans hit the offseason. They have more cap space than any other team in the NFL to spend. And they're going to, I'm really under the impression they're going to ride with Will Levis going into the season, see what they can build around him. And shoring up that offensive line is a big part. I'm not saying Derrick Henry is completely done. You know, him and Tajay Spears as a, a one-two punch would be great moving forward. It's not a problem of money. It's just do the Titans want him back, and would he want to be back? So a lot of that stuff's going to shake out throughout the course of the offseason, but it will be an eventful offseason for Titans fans, and I'm curious to see how they decide to try to restructure this team and, and what we're going to see from them come the 2024 season. Davey, you might agree with me uh, on this sense, and I'm, I'm curious. Obviously, you kind of – kind of hit with what I was going to ask you with the seventh overall pick there's definitely options there the biggest needs for the Titans that I see which has been the biggest needs for the last couple years really is their offensive line wide receiver room and their uh, secondary being as poor as it's been at times Um, with that seventh overall pick do you do you focus on maybe bolstering and adding a second uh, weapon for Levis alongside DeAndre Hopkins? Do you try to shore up that offensive line? We saw what the Titans tried to do in the offseason. Dillard didn't look like that was much of an improvement at left tackle. Um, in your mind, at seven, you know what, what do the Titans need to focus on to, to give that bolstering and, and see what Will Levis can do next year? Marcus, I would, I would definitely, well, let me preface this, they're going to go best player available. That just seems to be the, the MO that Mike Rabel wants to do in this. And I know he's only really had one draft class under his belt, and I'll say, like, you know, it's Rand Carthon, but Mike Rabel's really calling the shots on a lot of this stuff. I would just be really surprised to see them go away from offensive line, especially if Joe Alt or Olu Fushanu is there. If, if, if either one of those guys is there, I, I anticipate them drafting them because while they do need some help at the weapons position, it is one of those things where we have not been able to see a Titans quarterback stay healthy over the last couple of seasons, and that's primarily because this offensive line cannot protect. And they're, they're going to have to make sure if, if Will Levis is their franchise quarterback, and that's what they think, I really see them going out and, and making sure that they have somebody to protect his blind side. And I, I think Joe Alt, like I said, is, is going to be an incredible player. would love to have him. But... There are obviously, as you mentioned, several other key positions of need as well. But I, I think you could have some success falling down and drafting those spots in the secondary at the wide receiver position in the second round or even into day three. But I just can't see the team passing on an elite left tackle at this point. And that's, that could be a thing with them going seventh. You know, uh, the Giants could potentially look to take a tackle. Um, Chargers don't need a left tackle, but you know if, if the Bears were to trade down, uh, somebody else trade up. It's just it's a little too early in the game to kind of see how everything's going to shake out there. But you can't not have somebody there to help 
protect Will Levis. If, if you're really wanting to get a real good gauge on what that guy's going to be able to bring the franchise. So he, he, keeping him healthy is priority number one as of right now. And you also mentioned another question I was going to ask you about Derek Henry. Obviously, giving his kind of farewell to the fans in the stadium, uh, it is kind of up in the air still. There was never really a for sure this is his last game or whether he's coming back. You mentioned him and Tajay Spears being together could be really deadly. Looking at how he addressed the fans and how he's addressed media during this last, honestly, couple weeks, if you had your best guess, do you see Derrick Henry in two-tone blue one last time, or could this be uh, Derrick Henry's true farewell to maybe join another playoff contending team maybe next year? Right now, I would say that was yesterday was his last game. One of the rumors I had been hearing was that th- this coaching staff really would have tried to get rid of him a, a couple of years ago if they could. If you you kind of look at trading him whenever he was at his height, um, again that's just a rumor. I, I can't confirm that, but I would imagine they're looking to move on and I don't know if any conversations have happened between Derek and the front office but from everything you saw yesterday you know he's operating under the impression that that was his last game in the two-tone blue yeah that's how I mean it was a I'm not going to deny it I felt slightly emotional for me watching him address the fans the way he did I mean he's he's brought everything over the last eight years and you know giving us another Titans player to have 2,000 yards that's hard to do obviously there's not many players that have done it especially even now with the extra game in hand it's still something difficult as you can see in the league the way that things have been going but uh, it's going to be weird not seeing number 22 in the backfield a a linebacker at running back yeah no joke Davey one more thing before we let you go tonight the big game 730 ESPN Michigan Washington Harbaugh DeBoer, passing attack versus rushing attack. How's tonight going to go? The line opened at three and a half. That has now moved to five and a half in Michigan's favor with the over-under set at 55 and a half. Davey, who's going to win this game? And if Michigan does, when does the title get vacated? I don't care as long as the bet cashes. I honestly believe Michigan's going to prevail tonight I, I would love to see Washington ultimately win you know the Kalen DeBoer Michael Penix Jr. story I, I think it is one of the better stories in college sports right now and I would love to see them be victorious I'm just really curious if Washington's going to be able to hold on in the trenches because that's where Michigan has been able to dominate throughout the year and it's going to be a great test you know you got this uh, Big Ten preview kind of coming into or going into next season if you are Michigan. You probably got about two years until this is vacated. Uh, and again, one of the biggest storylines going into this offseason is like, what happens with Harbaugh? I'm fully under the impression he's leaving for the NFL after uh, this will be his final game as the head coach of the Wolverines. But the the, the other thing I saw this is just a little little out there. Um, this was on Reddit College Football, but they're they're titling this the Ted Bowl. It's the uh, alma maters of uh, Ted Bundy and uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. So, you know, there, there's some jokes in there, but Whew. I'm just hoping for a close game. I just don't want a repeat of last year because that was miserable watching, you know, one team just absolutely dominate. There's nothing to – there's no reason to stick around. 
I just want to be glued to my television screen whenever we're in the fourth quarter and there's something of meaning still happening here. Absolutely. Davey Hudson, OutKick. Tell us where to find you on Twitter or X. Yeah, I, I'm still getting getting used to that one too, Jake. Um, yeah, you can find me, Davey, D-A-V-E-Y, underscore Hudson, H-U-D-S-O-N, on um, all the social platforms. And, uh, again, Jake, uh, congrats on the new show. I know you, Marcus, and Brett are going to kill it. and looking forward to seeing the, the big things to come for you guys. Thank you so much, sir. We'll talk again soon. Sounds like a plan, guys. Hope you all enjoy the rest of the day and enjoy the game tonight. Absolutely. That is Davey Hudson from OutKick making his presence felt here on the G.I. Jake Show. We're going to hit a quick timeout. If you want to call in, 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show continues on right here on Fan Run Radio. Rogers, you... Final segment of hour number one. It's the G.I. Jake show right here on Fan Run Radio, and we are flirting with disaster with this next caller lineup. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop on with us this morning. Let's get Phil in here next. What do you say, Philly? Yeah, just a snake. Philly! How are you, Marcus and Brett doing? Doing pretty good. I enjoyed what the show started, the, that the jam. I'm pretty cool. That's uh, about the only place on here you'll hear a jam. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I like about it, the, the show is too much older talk. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the hot topic of the day, Phil. You know how it Their goes. Their season's over. It's just one day. We're yeah, going just, after this. Exactly. It's, it's, it's over. over like it is every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. We'll, we'll mention it here and there. but Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, – I haven't heard much talk about Tennessee's uh, inability to sign an offensive tackle this weekend. Have y'all talked about that yet? Not talked about it much at all. We've mainly hit on basketball. We've talked uh, a lot of oiler talk, as you call it, and uh, that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, what's going wrong with our football recruiting? That I don't know. I'm uh, I'm kind of uh, kind of concerned about that, to be honest yeah. with you. Now, granted, we told Mincy – I mean, the thing is, Mincy entered the portal. We, we might have told him to, to leave. We might have done that. Did we tell him too soon? Maybe. That's the big well, thing. I mean, you got to get somebody in here first before you tell somebody to go. So I don't know if that's the case or not. Dwayne Davis. Uh, well, Dane Davis, he's probably going to be your starting tackle next year. I mean, let's call that. Good yeah, Lord, that's awful. <laughs> well, and you still haven't heard the official from Spragans. No, nothing official from him either. You really could just have two returners at this point. Uh, you got Sean. Mo- you got Sean Umarov. Again, you only have two starters <laughs> coming back next year. Right now, so. Umarov going to be any good at all? Y'all know anything? There was Pretty a lot nice. of hype with him coming out of high school. I mean, that was a that was a big get on the offensive front. Yeah. You know, as we were recruiting him, and once he committed, everyone was pretty excited about it. Of course, we didn't get to see much of him this year. I don't even know if we got to see any of them at all. To be honest with you, I know your class you got coming in is good, but you can't play freshman at this level right no, now. Not yet. You can't. No. Yeah, but you going to play them some. Don't get them ready for the following year when they're all gone. Yeah, that's. Uh, we don't like to play young guys, at least. <laughs> Well, after they'll have nobody oh, put in the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, Nico, yeah, he got to play in the Citrus Bowl, and yeah, we won the game 35 to nothing. But it really didn't feel like we opened up the playbook that much in the Citrus Bowl. That's um, that's the one thing that was concerning is, like, you know, it's kind of the same Facts. offense we've ran all year. I mean, yeah, he had three rushing touchdowns, one through the air, but I just, part of me was sitting there during that game, like, man, 
It's just Our receivers going to be any better next year, guys. I mean, it's the same old garbage receivers they had in the bowl game. They had dropping balls in the, the regular season. Well, Ramel Keaton's not going to be back, so that's uh, – that, I think you're going to be pretty, pretty good at receiver next year. Personally. I feel like we're going to be pretty stout, but – I think it's I mean, better than this year's class. I mean, I've also felt like we oh, should have went. That's horrible, guys. Eh. Uh, I wouldn't. I, he, I, he's not a five star. We'll, no. we'll put it like that. But I mean, the thing is, like you know, I thought that we should have been ten and two going into the year this past year, just because. I mean, it was probably the easiest schedule we've had in over a decade, maybe even fifteen years, and it felt like we really should have went ten and two, and we just muffed. I mean, we just fumbled the bag on that one, and we fumbled it bad, but. I mean, you look at the schedule this year, it's not going to be easy. That month of October is going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. But if you can get off on the right foot and maybe get a win that you shouldn't get in October, you're probably looking at 9-3 and three or 10-2. and two. Well, the whole season tonight is going to be defined with uh, NC State and uh, Oklahoma early in the year. Yeah, that's uh, those are going to be two tough tasks now. Going out to Oklahoma, I think that might be a win that everybody just wants to get just because of the history with that, you go out to Norman in 2014 and just get beat to death. And then you had him beat here in Knoxville in yeah. 2015. And then you, like I said, fumbled the bag again. Mm-hmm. That that was one of the most epic collapses, I think, that started a lot of people getting off of the Butch Jones train was that loss because you had that game won. You know, Oklahoma, a premier program, they're coming in here. you got a big lead, and you just let it go. And even halfway through the third quarter, and even at the start of the fourth, it felt like, okay, we're going to win this game. This is a big game. Checker kneeling. It's loud. Team's playing great. And then you end up going into overtime and losing in double overtime. So that's uh, that's yeah. a game that's circling right. everybody's calendar this year. Yeah. Uh, not seeing Rick Barnes. Uh, I didn't expect to blow Ole Miss out uh, Saturday night. Yeah, that was, a, that was a very impressive win. And quite frankly, I didn't expect us to win by that much. I knew we would win. They had some talented guys on that team. They did they have some talented guys. You know. Came from big time schools. Did they beat Memphis uh, early, you know, about a month ago? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I watched Bra- it on TV. Yeah, Brakefield. I mean, he was like, Did we're not giving this enough yeah. credit. Like he, he shot seven of eight and had twenty two points yeah, in twenty six minutes. With him. You could not do a thing with him. Yeah. You know, he's he originally signed with Duke. Did you know that? Yeah, he's a five yeah. star out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Brad brought up a good point over in the show about uh, the the backup point guard was a problem. Why it cost us uh, going deeper in the tournament last year, and it's ugly and it's ugly head again this year. We don't have a backup point guard, and uh, why is Fred DeLone not playing at all? That's something I've been wondering all year, and I really don't know why. You know, we did the eight man rotation against Illinois. That's you know you get the win there. And we only went with an eight-man rotation again the other day against Ole Miss. So now I'm just sitting here wondering, it's like, okay, well, what do you do if another situation happens again this year like it did last year? And, of course, you know, Brett, like you had mentioned, Zakai Ziegler's playing a lot of minutes right now. And no Tennessee fan feels good about that because we saw him play a lot of minutes last year, and we don't know if he was, you know, one of those deals where he was playing too much or if, you know, it was just a freak accident. But – you know, Zakai's playing a lot of minutes again, and that's something I I kind of want to see toned down a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. at the but end of the day, he's playing so well. He's he, playing probably the best basketball on your team right now. Yeah, that's the I thing mean, is you can't pull him if he's playing that well because he is playing Especially like himself. Especially if you don't again. have another guy to go to, it's gonna get you an offense. Right. You and know, I, we're not scoring ninety points if he's not out on the floor. And I think we should highlight like this team is Final Four good. Mm-hmm. 
Like this is probably yeah, the best roster he's seen. I don't know about Final Four good, but uh, they got to be playing their best ball at the end of the year. That's, that's the whole key. I mean, really, Tennessee really had looked at good this year until the last two games. And, you know, as long yeah. as you make it through conference play, I think Ken Palm even said the only loss that they're projecting for Tennessee from here on out is Alabama. That's it. Yeah. That is the only loss that Ken Palm is projecting right. from here on out. Now, granted, well, I don't think that we're going to win all these games. Kentucky's got- I hate Kentucky, but they're pretty damn good. They are. One man. more thing. Uh, I got to agree with Marcus about Levis. He sucks. See? <laughs> you know, something I was thinking about the offense. And the, something and, and the the point guard situation, you know, you thought about it this year compared to last year. It's like last year we would get a rebound. Yeah. We'd automatically try and kick to the point guard, whether it's Eagle or Vescovy. Right. And we'd slow the pace down. There's been a lot of times – Josiah's getting aboard, Connect's getting aboard, and we're just going. Yeah. You know, we're not stopping to get an offense. We're trying to get those early three looks. That's how many shots you say we took in 70 minutes or whatever? I 72 mean, that's a shots. Lot. I mean, that's totally different than Barnes basketball. 33s, I think we attempted. Yeah. You know, and the we thing killed is, him on the glass. We had 50 rebounds. I yeah. Mean, but I mean, know. you got to think, man, like it could be that they're more confident in ADU being able to handle stuff down low than what they were Urosh and Kumwa. And he battled two seven footers. Yes. I mean, those guys were, I mean, they're not. Dickinson and Edie and all these other guys. Right, but he's not afraid to go up against anybody. And there's not many that many good bigs in the league, I don't think. No. I mean, they're all similar to him. No. So. I mean, it is – I mean, it's going to be fun to watch throughout conference play, and I think everybody is looking forward to it. Let's get Woke Steve Phelps in here next. What do you say, Woke Steve? Hello, Jake. What's up? Well, I am off to a slow start today, but it is not how you start. It is how you finish. There you go. This company – which company do you think is riding the struggle bus more? Is it my company or is it the Carolina Panthers under the drink tossing owner David Tepper? Woo! Um, I'd say let's go with the Carolina Panthers on that one. At least there's some hype mm. around your company. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they did. Uh, Panthers did fire their GM uh, Scott Fitterer, so uh, you know not doing too hot for them right now over in Carolina. <laughs> It's easier to throw an underling under the bus than to take responsibility. That's what I'm good at. He's but, referencing NASCAR. For those of you that don't know, he's referencing NASCAR <laughs> is what he's referencing. And speaking of underachievement, later this month, I will be conducting a poll about Chase Elliott because people want to weigh in on how many wins they think Mickey Mouse will get this year. I say zero. <laughs> so the over-under, let's set the over-under at two and a half. You taking Sounds the over fair. or the under? I'm taking under. So we have an under. Chase Elliott, under two and a half wins for this year. That is not a Vegas line. That is just the line that I put out right here. And it's there's no denying he's no longer the top dog at Hendrick Motorsports. That title belongs to Kyle Larson and Billy Byron. But fortunately for Chase, the gap between him and them is not as big as the gap between – Deshaun Watson and Joe Flacco. Flacco around, find out. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> I love it. Goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a lot of weird stuff happening between the NFL and who NASCAR has – I mean, NASCAR has tried to model their product on the NFL. That's why you've seen such a decline in the viewership, decline in sponsorship, decline in everything with NASCAR over the past few years. You know, there's a lot of parallels between NASCAR and the NFL. I, as the woke president of NASCAR, used to work in the NFL. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Really now? Absolutely. It's uh, it's in my LinkedIn. But I'm going to jump off of here. And before I do, speaking of Mickey Mouse and his horrific streak, in March, there's a brand-new scary movie featuring Willie, uh, Steamboat Willie called Mickey's Mousetrap. Check your local theaters for listings. Have fun. Appreciate the phone call, Woke Steve. <laughs> okay, we now have a Tennessee basketball, a Tennessee football, an NFL football, a NASCAR, and a copyright expiration talked about in our number I, one. I felt this was like a Johnny Carson scene right there. That was the the one line after one line there. I I will admit this is something I have missed being away from the station is the, uh, the late hit from Philly on his way out and the uh, – and the great calls that we we can get in here so oh yeah as usual we take all calls as long as you keep it within within regs rules and regs do apply on this show not that they didn't on my old show but now they they really really it's, apply it's too early to break rules 10 o'clock if you're breaking rules at 10 o'clock on a monday or a tuesday any day of the week for that matter unless it's a football saturday or a football sunday get some help <laughs> get some help get some help goodness that is gonna do it for hour number one hour number two of the gi jake show coming up right here on fan run radio